how are you? Hope you're doing well. Currently, a lot of things are going on. The city is opening back up. And I know a lot of people are incredibly, incredibly excited about it. Personally, I have mixed emotions. Part of me is really excited about getting back into a routine because then that gives me some semblance of order mentally and emotionally. But the other part of me really, really, A, appreciated the time that I had to really just slow down and think a little clearer and get to know me a lot more. B, people are weird and not in the good way. People are strange and scary sometimes you know and by people I just mean strangers you know I got used to my personal set of weirdos and I love them very much but I've never really gotten the hang of strangers but the funny thing about strangers is that they do sometimes surprise you and even go so far as becoming friends who knew speaking about strangers I had a serendipitous event this week where I got to meet someone from the way out in the interwebs and she agreed to come and talk to me here at Beauty Reform School about a topic that I've always wondered wanted to know more about and really was thrilled to cover here today on Beauty Reform School So we are talking to none other than Carissa, a.k.a. Invisible Melanin. And we're going to talk about albinism, self-love, creativity, and most important, skincare and hydration. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this vivid episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so we can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child. The one who's done it the hard way for decades, and now I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. If this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad, and let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. Thank you so much for joining us here at Beauty Reform School. Thank you so much for having me. I am, you know, I'm very, I'm jazzed because <laughs> I was, I was just doing the old, you know, the old, the old scroll where you just lay in there, laying around in bed, scrolling through. And, and then all of a sudden I see this gorgeous face and I'm like, hmm, what's she doing? 
<laughs> and I saw this video of you doing your hair, and I'm just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then at the end, bam, like, like a whole face. I was like, what? And I was just like, this is something. So I started scrolling through your stuff, and I'm like, this, this lady here. I was like, she's the epitome of who I like to talk to at beauty reform school. So I just reached out and sent you a message. So I'm so glad you agreed to come and chat with us and talk about self care and self love and wellness and, and, and something that I haven't even covered here yet on beauty reform school. Um, and I don't want to mispronounce. So um, can you please pronounce, um, pronounce it for me? <laughs> make condition yes albinism okay so that's the proper way to say it right mm-hmm. albinism got mm-hmm. it i even appreciate the reluctancy a lot of people just you know take it and run with it and a lot of people because they haven't heard the word albinism but they've heard the word albino they'll try right. to like mash them together uh-huh. <laughs> yeah i'm not a fan of pronouncing things i don't know how to pronounce like I, i'm just like you know what mm-mm. i'm gonna just let the expert pronounce it i'm not gonna mm-mm. i'm not even gonna wing it no thank you yeah but um yeah i we have not covered that's a topic we have yet we have not covered we, but we did it now bam i get to check that off the list <laughs> we have covered that i um i hadn't even that wasn't even something that i had thought about covering honestly on the podcast that I'm so glad that we're getting an opportunity to do it now because I there could be listeners that we have that have the same um condition so I I hope this is this is helpful and and it's I hope it's helpful also to people who don't know anything about it you know because I like we like doing education and spreading knowledge and awareness here at beauty reform school so what made you first start um, wanting to do like your social media? What what was the what was the kickoff for that? Everybody's got a story. What's yours? Well, I had been wanting to post on social media in a larger capacity much longer than I've actually been doing it. Um, when TikTok came out, well, when TikTok first came out. I had no interest. I was one of those people that was like, uh, I don't get it. And I just absolutely refused to jump on the bandwagon. To my, it's to my fault. That is one of my traits, a common trait of mine. But um, Mm -hmm. around August of 2019, I had just moved to a new city a few months prior. I didn't really know anyone. I was getting very, very bored, getting cabin fever. So I was like, finally, I'm going to download this app and see what it's about. And I just had already made some type of little challenge video for Instagram just to post to like my friends and family and stuff. So I was like, I'm just going to throw it up there. It can't hurt. It's a one minute video. You know, it's already made. And it got pretty good traction right off the bat. And I was like, oh, wait, people are actually interested in me just because of how the algorithm works so differently on TikTok than it does other social media platforms. It's so much easier to get in front of people's eyes. I don't understand any of it. You can teach me a thing or two. (laughs) It's just really good about trying to pair people with things they're going to be interested in. And Mm -hmm. because of the nature of it, like other social media apps, it's a lot easier just to only look at people you follow and kind of, you know, fall into the hole of only seeing certain stuff over and over again. But TikTok 
kind of took a different approach. And now other social media apps are also trying to take that approach. Like Instagram, I've noticed, has been taking a lot of notes from TikTok. And one of the main reasons why Instagram also took off relatively recently, um, overnight, pretty much when I started posting on Reels, my um, following on Instagram grew 15-fold. Yeah, well, I think that's kind of how I found you, actually. Yeah, a lot more. Pe- I'm getting put in front of a lot more people because they're putting more of an emphasis on the explore page content and the things that you would also like content. And that combined with the appeal of video content in general, I've noticed a lot more growth recently than I have ever before. Good. That's great. What you did you okay did you just start off as a makeup artist or like how in the world did you become so magical like what 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 how did the makeup start because your makeup wow just wow to that <laughs> that actually means a lot to me um I'm sure you've seen going through my page that I have a visual impairment Mm-hmm. So I always had an aversion to even getting into makeup because I just assumed off the bat a combination of my um, not so typical skin tone and my vision. I was like, oh, I'm just not going to be good at makeup. But then I got my makeup done for a ball because my husband's in the Marine Corps so we have a yearly ball for my first Marine Corps ball and I loved it so much and I was already like getting into the idea of makeup because of YouTube and stuff and I just made a decision after that I was like next my goal is that the next ball I go to I want to be able to do my own makeup so I just started practicing at home with just like you know, whatever I, little odds and ends I could find, like, mm-hmm. just to practice. And eventually I started getting a little more confident and going out of the house and posting pictures. And it just kind of snowballed from there. I actually am trying to get back into my love for makeup because over the course of the past year or so, I haven't had much motivation to put on a full face of makeup. So actually... It. That video in particular that you saw was kind of my attempt at starting to just do makeup for fun again. So I think it's really cute that you asked me about that, all things considered. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting. Like, I've been a makeup artist for years, and um, I always would jump at the challenges that, you know, just I was the one out of the group that was go always volunteered for the quote unquote challenging client being like someone that had lots of uh, hyperpigmentation or someone who had eczema and scarring or someone that had, you know, like whatever issue with their skin. I always was the one that was like, I'll do it, you know, cause <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to try it, you know, the ones that were considered challenging, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I did get um, a couple of albino clients and I learned a lot, you know, working with them on the regular basis. And we went around together and, you know, discovered products that worked for them and, you know, what they what they were comfortable with, what they weren't comfortable with, you know, trying different looks, things that they thought they could not wear, certain, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and I learned, you know, I learned a lot just from working with like a, a few of the clients, of those clients, I learned a lot. But I haven't been around a lot of people um, with albinism, so I haven't had a chance to really just, like, continue that, you know, that mm-hmm. exploratory journey, if you will. But um, it took a long time, actually, for makeup brands to actually create colors that worked mm-hmm. as well. So there was that, you know, as far as foundation and concealer and things like that go. Um, 
it took a long time because they thought for a long time, I think a lot of companies and they still, you know, are working on this, but for a long time, a lot of companies were just like, oh, you can just wear this color right here. That'll work. You know, it's like, no, it's, it's about more about undertones and things like that. So, you know, you got to get, you got to get on board. You can't just put a light shade out and be like, you can use this because that's not necessarily the case. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. When I first started taking makeup more seriously, mm-hmm. I put a heavy, heavy emphasis on finding things that worked for my face shape and my skin tone because I have been in some um, albinism beauty groups up and even before I started doing makeup. And I saw everybody's concerns. I'd see, you know, where other people getting into makeup would kind of have issues. And I just put a really heavy emphasis on not experiencing that myself. And there's still stuff, some, some things that I struggle with, but I noticed like the commonalities. And I just really honed in on those, like one being foundation and matching your skin tone when you do have such a pale skin tone but also everyone has all these different undertones and that's another thing that would kind of get in the way is once people would start to find foundation that worked and they'd kind of broadcast it broadly like this works for albinism it's like no No. it works for you (laughs) no not really (laughs) yeah so that was always a interesting debate around those communities and all i remember the first big wave Fenty Beauty. Oh, yes. (laughs) I mean, I do love Fenty products. Um, Actually, the lipstick I had in that video, and I actually think it's so wonderful. The Fenty lip paints, I can't really speak for the physical lipsticks I haven't used them, but the Fenty lip paints are Mm -hmm. so fascinating to me because they work with such a broad variety of skin tones. And I think that was literally the point. They wanted to keep it small Mm -hmm. and versatile, and it works. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the foundation, it took the albinism beauty space by storm, which (laughs) was good for a lot of people. But it it doesn't even really work for me. It's more of a, their paler shades are more of a yellow and I'm more of a pink. And that was always an issue. A lot of pale foundation, it leans orange and yellow. And then if it oxidizes, it's over with. (laughs) Right. Well, that's always been the scourge. Mm-hmm. of foundation like oxidization has been like the scourge because it, it you know you think that you found the one and then in in like 20 minutes you're like wait what <laughs> exactly <laughs> what happened <laughs> which was really discouraging when I was younger and I first like started to become interested in makeup because my friend was really into makeup and I remember for my birthday she wanted to find some makeup for me um and she looked all online for makeup that was going to work for me and even then it oxidized and it was orange and it didn't really work so I really appreciated her from trying but that was very discouraging for me so I was just like just not, it's just not gonna work <laughs> right right that's a bummer mm-hmm. I will say one thing I still have not found a great drugstore match for myself so I do get hesitant when people ask me for recommendations right because I don't really have inexpensive recommendations but I will say the my go-to I wanted to share my go-to because I'm always so proud of it my NARS natural radiant in the shade Oslo I have not found a foundation that I love more I might use it until the day I die honestly just everything about it yeah I will say (laughs) that when it comes to NARS and foundation I yeah I mean I tend to lean there a lot with clients and things like that because they 
they do have very good matches. They really, really do. Like they they haven't let me down for the most part. It's been very rare where I couldn't find a shade for someone. Mm-hmm. Been very I, rare. I've had um, luck finding varieties of paler foundations too. So usually when I give people recommendations, I'll I obviously will suggest NARS, but understand it's not going to work for everyone. So for more yellow people. Or um, just people who are a little bit more orangey, peachy, sometimes Fenty works. Yeah. KVD, I know, I know a lot of people they hear <laughs> KVD. Like, it hits their ears a little hard. Apologetic thing, like listen, I understand <laughs> the politics. I know, involved. I do, but I'm kind of under the mindset, and I'm picking my words very carefully right now <laughs> no 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 Let, look i'm gonna put this disclaimer out here before you even say this for those of you who feel this way just know that kate that kat von d herself did sell mm-hmm. the company she no longer is a part of it she no longer owns it that's why it's called kvd now it's mm-hmm. not it is not her company so you if you you can use it with a clean conscience now. Yes. Now. 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 <laughs> so there you go. That's the disclaimer for that. So go on. Mm-hmm. You were saying. It kind of feels backhanded to me when there are no. products that when you already have a hard time finding products and a controversial company might be one of the only companies that make it for you. It's right. I get kind of I get kind of conflicted when people are just like just don't don't buy from them if you're buying from them you're a bad person because then i think about it like this the company is not just one person they're not just one figurehead they are thousands if in some cases millions of people with jobs and who put their heart and soul into these things Mm -hmm. and also on top of the fact that it's a product that you can't really even find on normal occasions like kvd because Mm -hmm. they were a alternative brand from the beginning have always cornered the market in that true pale white makeup right and for some people that's the only thing that they could use I mean it wasn't the case for me there's actually too pale for me which was wonderful right but for some people if that's your only option I just don't think it's right to just completely say you cannot purchase this product and participate in this thing that you want to participate in because yeah. you'll be supporting this per- one single person and they have made their efforts to sever themselves so yes so i because you know i i am the, the opposite of pale <laughs> <laughs> i am not pale at all mm-hmm. in any way so um so i really i didn't even mess with their foundations at all because they yeah. just did not even when they tried to get to darker shades they failed so i was just like you know what never mind but uh, there were certain products that they make that I still use and still like to this day. One of which especially is the brow pomades because I use, I like them for all kinds of stuff. You know, I use them for all kinds of things. Um, they're really, really waterproof. They stay put and I use them for my brows a lot, but I also paint with them on my face a lot as well. Mm. And they're, they, they make they they, they work as liners. They, they, they just do a, a ton of stuff, but anyways, the point mm-hmm. being is when this whole thing went down, I was sitting there looking at the couple of pomades I had. <laughs> and I was looking at them terrified, like, oh, geez, when these run out, then what? Like, what do I do then? Like, oh, no. And when the company did, when she sold the company and she severed herself 
and then she, you know, they moved on. Um, and I was like, hmm. I was like, okay, okay. I think I think I can use these with a clear conscience. I think that's <laughs> okay. Because I was really worried for a minute. I was like, what am I gonna do? You know. But it but it mm-hmm. worked out. So for those of you who are struggling with that particular, <laughs> you know, moral dilemma, just just know that she is truly severed from the company, and it's. She has no participation in that at all anymore. Mm-hmm. So I hope and, that helps some yeah. people who are who might be going through a similar <laughs> conflict of, of problems. So mm-hmm. yeah. I can say that I did not purchase any new products after I had found out, you know, how the more controversial sides, but I'm not gonna lie, when those things started going on sale because she was leaving and they were rebranding, I, I I picked it right back up because oh, that the what? locket, the powder, the mm. powder works so well for me. The lipsticks and the interesting colors. It's nothing if you like more color makeup or more alternative makeup. Like it has yeah. a lot of good options. Yeah. No, it really does. Well, that's what drew me to the brand in the first place. Like mm. I, I was a big user and a big fan of that brand for a long, long time. And I had, I was, I was really hurt. My heart was hurt when the whole thing went down. And I was like, and plus, and I didn't get rid of what I had. I was like, look, I spent a lot of money on all this stuff and I am mm-hmm. not throwing it away. <laughs> so I still have some pieces, you know, mm-hmm. I still have some stuff. So I'm, and I'm just like, I'm just going to use it till the wheels fall off. And then that'll be that. Can I ask you a question? Cause I'm actually interested since you've worked with a few clients with Albedezzo. Oh yes. Yes. So there's there's this idea I've heard floating around that people with albinism have drier skin and hair. And I personally, I do have dry skin and hair, but I think it's more genetic than anything because my mother, oh, uh-huh. Lord, help her skin. <laughs> it, we're just dry people. So have you found that to be true throughout your experiences? You know, what's really interesting about that. I think that it is a combination of the two. I think that mm-hmm. some of it is genetics and I think some of it is the fact that I don't, I don't know the, the chemical makeup behind albinism, but I do think that they, a lot of people do suffer from drier skin and hair, um, but it does have a, a heavy leaning on genetics as well, because my, one of my very dear friends, her husband has albinism mm-hmm. and his hair is is luxurious you know Mm -hmm. um he doesn't have an issue with dry hair he does have an issue with dry skin though Mm -hmm. um and he is visually impaired as well so i don't know enough about it to know if like what the what the numbers are like is it more genetic or more you know uh, medical or whatever um i don't know but i do know that that they do um they do have certain issues especially with the skin i I Mm -hmm. found that to be a a, what you call a a common a common theme with Mm -hmm. my clients it's been a common theme the drier drier skin for sure but i think that that is due to just as a as a makeup person and a skin person i think that has a lot to do with uh photosensitivity Mm -hmm. and i think that um the sensitive the sensitivity to the sun also causes the skin to react that way and you know to in in order to kind of almost 
you know, like the, the cells die a little faster and dry out a little faster. And I think that that's what it has to do with, to be honest. I so can I support think, that theory. Yeah. So I think it's just a matter of like, you know, it's so funny because my friend, she slathers her husband in sunscreen. Like every time they go, <laughs> mm-hmm. I've literally been sitting there watching her slather him in sunscreen before like we went out to do something or whatever so I I know that she's like she's on top of it you know she's like Mm -hmm. come here and she puts (laughs) it on him but um but yeah I think that that's what it is and I think that you know I always am preaching like to everyone sunscreen sunscreen you know always always sunscreen and Mm -hmm. I think that people with albinism even like double that for you like you know extra sunscreen for you but I think that that's mainly that and moisturizing are the two top things that, you know, I think need to be focused on when it comes to that. Um, and with the hair, I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about, you know, uh, hair maintenance for albinism. I don't know enough about it to really speak mm-hmm. on it like that. But I can say just just me using an, an educated guess, I would just say that, you know, it's the same as true for the hair, like the photosensitivity um, it just needs extra hydration, I would assume, you know? Mm-hmm. That would be my thought with that. I went to a curl specialist um, in the beginning of the year and I had asked her the same question. And mm-hmm. she was kind of in the field of thought that it didn't really affect hair too much, which was kind of validating to me in a sense. Mm-hmm. But then also that just means my hair is just dry. <laughs> but with the skin, I've definitely seen a common theme more so than the hair conversation is like the conversations about skin and skincare. And I do from even from my own personal experience, I notice a giant difference in the quality and look of my skin when I am doing my sunscreen, moisturizing, washing it regularly, really yeah. paying attention to it, drinking enough water. Water yeah. also makes a giant, giant difference yes, in does. skin health. Mm-hmm. I can see it on my face when I have not been drinking enough water during a certain period of time. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but I even still have, I put a heavy emphasis on having nice skin because for a while I didn't. And I still have points um, that I'm still trying to work out. Like I have like, I don't know what it's called, like the strawberry arms. And I have, I don't really consider the hyperpigmentation on my face an issue because it's relatively flat. But when I don't take care of my skin, it can start to become more raised and textured and that. So I'm like, okay, we need to do a little bit better. Right. Yeah. Well, I will say that like the, a lot of times, like, especially when it comes to hyperpigmentation, that's just the, that's just the cells trying to, trying desperately to repair things. That's what Mm -hmm. a lot of hyperpigmentation is. So if you have any kind of damage, be it sun damage, be it, um, you know, clogged pores that were, you know, that happened, that's your skin's way of trying to repair that stuff. And it leaves behind, you know, a darker pigment than your natural skin tone. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess in your case, it would be a lot more like um, a lot more redness as opposed to like, or darker skin tones, it's darker. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's, that's all that, that's all that is. So it's a matter of trying to use something like, and I'm, I'm saying this, uh, I'm talking about um, right now, I'm saying, I'm talking to people without albinism to say that normally the process is to use something that's going to lighten the, um, 
the the dark skin cells and the hyperpigmentation and so that it can move out and when it sloughs off it's gone mm-hmm. and, and I say that I'm saying this to people without albinism because people with albinism I don't know if it if there's a set of rules skincare wise or if it's a fact that there's hypersensitivity so for example I would usually recommend vitamin C if you're not allergic to it or I would recommend alpha hydroxys. Now, I don't know if your skin tone is sensitive to that or not. So can you answer that question? Are you sensitive to that? So for me personally, I actually have come to the conclusion that my skin isn't, it. I haven't noticed any crazy reactions with like acids. Mm-hmm. It's just, for me, it's the dryness. And also I think I do have a bit of rosacea because my mother, my, yeah. my mother, most of my skin issues come from my mother. It's very interesting. <laughs> she has very bad rosacea and pimples around those areas. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't really take care of it very well. So it's very apparent. So I, I like look at her as like, this is what happens when I don't take care of my skin. <laughs> um, so like, that's why I'm kind of conflicted personally answering some of these questions. Because I'm like, I can see a direct genetic link from my mother. And my mother, she... um. I'm mixed and my mother is white, but she has like, she's not the, she doesn't have very fair skin. She actually has black, jet black hair, even now close to her 60s. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it's an issue of like fair skin versus we're just dry people. And I've tried vitamin C. Vitamin C didn't really seem to have too much of an effect. I think my, so far, what I found works best for me is like hyaluronic acids. Um, yeah, that's, that's one of my faves. Just making sure I'm using a gentle, gentle cleanser. I know that made a big difference because I used to just be a clean and clear gal. But then I started experimenting with like Meisler Simple um, Mm -hmm. face wash. And then I have a different one I've been trying. It's not my favorite. Honestly, the Simple one, I just got it at Mm -hmm. Walgreens, I believe. It's been my favorite face wash so far. And then I indulge a little bit more on the moisturizers and other things. Yeah, and as we've said before on the podcast, this is a refresher for uh, listeners. Hyaluronic acid is my jam regarding hydration. Mm-hmm. So if you have issues with hydration, if you have dry skin, um, hyaluronic acid is fantastic for capturing the moisture in your skin and drawing more, more moisture to your skin. So that's just a quick reminder for everyone if you're trying to remember what out what hydro- <laughs> hyaluronic acid does Mm -hmm. and i think my biggest thing honestly that i should have come to this conclusion sooner in life Uh is how much water i should be drinking um i actually found out because i started taking a medication that made my mouth incredibly incredibly dry so i was on the water like constantly like i always had my hydro flask with me and then a few days in, I looked at my skin. I was like, wait, like I was just glowing. And then I, it hit me. I have not been drinking enough water for like ever. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing how your skin feels when, even from the inside out, when you have water, it really is. My biggest thing is I have ADHD. So like I can, my brain only handles so many things. 
I have to do at a time. So it's it it feels like something gets pushed out every time I focus on something new. So I've been mm-hmm. focusing more on water and skincare and other things more recently, trying to make desperately trying to make it a habit before my semester starts back up. Mm-hmm. Cause my skin has been looking so much better since I've been like drinking more water and making sure I do my skincare and with the staying on top of my sunblock. That's one thing I'm embarrassed to say. And I would really, really not suggest doing is avoiding sunblock when you have albinism. Well, I will say, and we've talked about this before. Now, a lot of brands have created spray um, sunscreens. Like um, there are makeup setting sprays that are, that are made by sunscreen brands that I adore. Mm. Um, and I will love, I do love the fact that they have, um, you know, because I don't know if you even know this, and I, we've mentioned this before on the podcast, but, you know, your sunscreen only has an uh, two hour efficacy, mm-hmm. no matter how expensive or cheap it is. It's, it only lasts for the power of it only lasts for a couple hours. So you do have to re up on your sunscreen if you're mm-hmm. out. And another thing, computer screens, fluorescent lighting also does damage the skin. So even people with albinism need to consider that as well. If you spend a lot, do a lot of screen time, if you do a lot of things like that, it also is difficult for the skin. So you should definitely always, because some people are like, well, once I'm in the house, I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. I would still put on sunscreen, you know, even Mm -hmm. in the house, if you do a lot of screen time, if you're on your, you know, your phone a lot, if you're on your tablet a lot, computer, whatever. I definitely mm. think you should you should definitely make sure that you do stay on top of your sunscreen. It should just be a thing. Like you should just train yourself as best you can to just do it on a regular basis. Um, what else was I going to say though about the sunscreen? Um, oh yes, for people with ADHD, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, which I have um, as well. One thing that I have noticed that has helped me. And right now I'm in the phase where I'm about to go back into the real world and work in the real world uh, soon, like in a few couple months. Um, that is stressing me out a little bit just because I'm, I'm, I rely heavily on routine to be able to function. Yes. So, um, but one thing that I did before and that I'm going to have to start doing again is on my phone, on the calendar on my phone, I literally have notification. I set notifications for just about everything. Mm-hmm. So even if even something like, oh yeah, drink some water, or I'll put in, have you drank some water today? Or and on the on the calendar, and I'll mm-hmm. make it go off at a certain time, like noon or something. Have you drank water today? And mm-hmm. that'll remind me, you better drink some water. And then at night I'll set up, set something up that's like moisturize or skincare time or mm-hmm. this and that and the other, you know, so that those things, my phone is constantly bling, 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 you know, giving mm-hmm. me notifications all throughout the day. Like, you know, Oh, make sure you put on some sunscreen, like in the morning, put on some sunscreen. Oh, do this and that, blah, blah, blah. Constantly reminding me to do things because I will, like you said, if I'm focused on one thing, I'm not going to think about the 50 other things that I should be doing. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm going to be thinking about that one thing. So that is a pro tip. That is an ADHD Mm -hmm. pro tip (laughs) that works for me quite a bit. Because I used to write it down on a piece of paper, but that doesn't work because I don't always have my notebook next to me and I'm not always looking at it. 
but my phone is with me all the time and it is definitely going to go off a lot to remind me to do all kinds of stuff so mm-hmm. so that's that definitely helps me so hopefully that can help you as well to set yourself little reminders to do things Mm-hmm. I definitely have to do kind of like a combination because I've also noticed over time I do I re- heavily rely on reminders for certain things but other things I've noticed that I can start to become um, used to them that wasn't yeah. quite the word I was looking for but I can start to become used to them to the point where I start ignoring them so I have to be very strategic with what <laughs> with how I you remind myself about certain things desensitized yes that was the word I was trying to think of like there is a reminder for Fridays that's been going off for weeks now to trim my cat's nails I have not trimmed my cat's nails in weeks so I need to reevaluate how I remind myself about that one but there's other things that I do like leaving certain stuff out and then when I see it it's like Bing. Like I have to have, a, I bought a watering can because my plants were dying. That I just, it's cute and it's just out and I, I see it. I'm like, oh yeah, water. And then with my skincare and stuff, it's like out in the bathroom. So when I do go in there, I'm like, bing, 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 skincare. So like there are certain things that yeah. I have to do to try to accommodate myself in that sense. Yeah. Keeping a water bottle always with me, I see it. I'm like, I'm gonna pick it up. I'm gonna play with it. I'm gonna look at it. Um, yeah, just my, keeping things my visible. House is also covered in post-it notes as well. Mm-hmm. So. You know, I mean, I have them on the makeup, on the, the medicine cabinet mirror that's like, hey, like it's like right in the middle. I put it right in the middle so you can't even see yourself. It's like, hey, do this. <laughs> or I have things on the refrigerator that's like, get, take out the, you know, the thing out of the refrigerator now. Like, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm just like, okay. But yeah, I, it's, it's tough, but you just have to get like into the, the habit, like the routine of it. And once you get into the routine, it's a little bit easier. So that's where I'm, you know, I'm at right now like I'm I'm rebuilding my daily routine so that when I go back out into the world I'll be getting used to doing it again mm-hmm. there's like a million little micro things that you have to do throughout the day just in for regular old life so you mm-hmm. gotta include that be the beauty stuff in there too like you gotta throw those little beauty things in there you know mm-hmm. and the micro steps are what kills you you know mm-hmm. yeah keep that sunscreen right at the front door Exactly. I've actually, um, I was thinking is my next project to try to make things a little more accessible for me is just making a landing by the door to just put like very important things. Yep. And, um, I switched my day wear moisturizer. It has SPF in it and I need to start keeping a tiny one in my purse too for uh-huh. reapplication, but like at least I'll start out the day on a good note so far, which is better than nothing. And that was interesting that you um, brought up the two-hour efficacy for some blog. I've actually had to teach people that. It's very yeah. interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, also one of those spray, one of those spray sunscreens in your bag is a mm-hmm. good idea too for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea just to have it in your bag because if you're out longer than you expected, you know what I mean, and you're mm-hmm. just like noticing you're out, and you're like, oh, I'm, I've been out for a while now. I, let me just give myself a quick, you know, mm-hmm. real quick because I've been out for a bit. You know, that's that's a good idea as well. Just having it in your bag. A little one. Not a big one. You don't have to carry a big one around. Just a little one. I've yeah. noticed recently, especially on TikTok, that moisture, like um, SPF and moisturizing your face has become almost a trend. And the interesting thing about it to me is there'll be people like showing that they reapply their sunscreen every two hours on their face. And it's, they don't put it anywhere else. right (laughs) it just goes to show like the priorities of like i have to have a young youthful face 
but nothing right, but else matters. A, a wrinkled turkey neck, so and a, and your chest is gonna look is gonna be full of spots and you know. Whatever. It's fascinating. I mean, it's a step in the right direction to teach people about the importance of SPF, but it's just fascinating the motivation. It's clearly driven by like looking youthful more so than it is actual health. Totally. And people don't even ever, how many people put sunscreen on the back of your neck? How many people do that? I kind of have to, or I'm going to get sick. That's what I'm sick. saying though. Like, <laughs> but people don't think of the fact that the sun is beating down on your back as well. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, that's charring up your neck. Like you're going to, you're creating damage back there as well by not putting sunscreen on your back of your neck. Mm-hmm. A lot of people uh- don't think of that either. Yeah, I haven't always been the most responsible with my sunblock, so I've had to learn the hard way that I have to cover every single inch of my body. Yeah. I'm very grateful that I have such thick hair. Mm-hmm. Sunburn on my scalp has actually never been an issue. Interesting enough, even when I used to get relaxers, I've always just had very dense hair. Oh, okay. um, I only thought about that because one of my friends actually got her scalp sunburned the other day because oh, she had got faux locks and spent like all day outside. <laughs> oh man! But By the way, else... I saw your I saw the one video, the tag video, where you and a bunch of other people tagged each other, and I thought that was so awesome. I'm gonna put that on the blog, everybody at beautyreformschool.com because I loved it so much. But um. Yeah, I that was a really great one with like you and a bunch of other people with albinism tagging each other and I thought that was brilliant. I just really love making other creators with albinism visible because the issue when I was younger was I literally had never seen another person with albinism just living their life. Right. I'd maybe run across like I run across like one or two children with albinism at very brief encounters. Like we were both shy and didn't even interact. So really it wasn't as impactful. Yeah. And then I remembered around like fifteen years old, I saw a model named Sean Ross who had albinism online for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it I the fact that I even still remember that one thing to this day, it just meant so much to me, not only to see an adult with albinism, but to see someone being successful, confident right. in a field that is typically very exclusionary to people who look different, but seeing him being successful because he looked different, like that yeah. made such a big impact on me personally. And it kind of planted the seed of my interest in social media because I understood maybe not that moment but I over time I started to understand how important it was to literally just be visible Mm -hmm. so when I I started getting some amount of traction online I think one of the first thing I did was start to reach out to other people with albinism and start to make those um kind of like friendship kind of networking bonds because I just want now it's like now that I'm in front of people, even though it's I do understand it's like relatively small to internet like success in general. But now that I am in front of people and have the ability to get in front of people, yeah. I it's like I'm not the only representation for albinism. There's tons of other people that view it in different way, have different perspective, different issues. You know, now I want to at people to just see the broad scope. Like we're not just one thing. That's another issue. Even. I've just had my whole life through childhood. It's just people being like, you're not albino, which I personally don't use that word, but you're not albino because you don't have this. You're not this. And it's like, no, we're not. There are traits that we share because it's a condition. That's how it works. Right. But there's not one look, feel, personality. There's really not. Yeah. 
Speaking of which, you just made uh, made me think of something. Uh, for those of us who are trying to be, um, I don't like using the term politically correct because that's just ridiculous. Because um, politics aren't correct. Mm-hmm. But um, but if you're trying to be um, respectful is the word I'd prefer. If you're mm-hmm. trying to be respectful, um, what is, would you think the most respectful term for somebody with albinism is? I don't want to call someone you know, an albino. So what would I say? I always say that the safe bet is to just refer to someone as a person with albinism. Just make sure you're using person first language because it's, that is also a very heated debate in the albinism community. And it always has been, it's, it always comes back up. It comes back around and it's very, it's a very interesting discourse. So people, there are people who don't mind being called albino. You know, that's just how they grew up. They don't really see an issue with it or they like to have the label to kind of all encompass certain things about themselves. But I think no one's going to be offended if you call them a person with albinism. So that's always the safe bet. And if somebody's like, you can call me albino, that's chill. That's their personal decision. Right, right. Yeah, because I... I in today's world, you know, we're trying to relearn, we're trying to, some of us <laughs> anyway, are trying to learn new language. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're trying to learn new language um, for a lot of different groups. And it's important, you know, like for me, it's very hard for, I'll be honest, it's very hard for me to learn some of these languages, especially in the beginning. It was very hard because I, I have issues with learning. I, you know, I have learning disabilities and it's hard for me to learn new things. Um, It takes me longer. Let's just put it that way. You know, like I can learn things, but it's going to take me a long time. And then I'll, when when I got it though, I got it, but it takes me a while. And now that I know this about myself, I provide myself extra time to learn things. And I, and I constantly, you know, remind myself again and again and again, what I'm trying to learn so that it, so it clicks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's the case with a lot of people. They need to, even people without learning disabilities, when it comes to learning new, these new languages, how we address the different groups in our community, excuse me, I think that people need to just work a little bit harder at training themselves. Because I've noticed that a lot of people just plain old get, they get defensive and they are like, oh. I don't want to, oh, everybody's calling themselves something new and I don't want to be bothered. You know what I mean? Like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm so sick of this. Every time I turn around, it's a new name for something. You just got to learn it. Mm-hmm. You just got to learn it. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. You just got to learn it. Like, it just, if, if you, if you're trying to be a non-trash human, mm-hmm. you just got to learn it. And if you have trouble learning, then you have to use the tools that you use for learning things and apply them to this. And it's just that simple, period. You can either be a, tr- a garbage person or not. Those are your choices. So just take your, take, ask, do what I'm doing right now. Talk to someone, ask them what is the proper thing and the most respectful way to address them and then teach it to yourself and then do it. That's it. Yeah, I completely agree. And I never... I will admit the word albino does hit my ears a little hard, but I've never gotten upset with someone because they said it. Because if you don't know, you can't do better. I think issues only really come about when 
you've been provided with the information and the environment to practice it and you just refuse to like that's a that's blatant disrespect at that point but also right. making mistakes is fine like i have friends who've known me for years who sometimes say the word albino just because it's just the first thing that comes to their head but and i'll just i'll mention or sometimes i don't mention because if it was a mistake and it's fine right. Making no one can fault you for making a mistake, but I think to an extent, someone can fault you for not trying in the first place. Yeah. Well, we a friend and I were just having a conversation about um, ignorance, you know, mm-hmm. and I and I was reminding her, I was like, well, you know, ignorance it it's from the word ignore, you know, and it's choose it's not not ignorance isn't not knowing, mm-hmm. it's choosing to ignore. Mm-hmm. you know whatever it is it, that that's what ignorance is and I think a lot of people choose ignorance like you were saying like they just choose it you know they're just like you know what I, I know I've been told I've heard what it's supposed to be but I choose to ignore it and not you know not honor it I'm just gonna I'm just gonna ignore it I don't, mm-hmm. I don't wanna I don't wanna no thank you so I think that's that's the most important thing is just making the decision to not be ignorant. It's just just make the choice, you know. Mm-hmm. There's lots of lots of things you can't choose in life, but that's one of them. And you can choose to not be ignorant. You can choose to learn if you, you even if you don't know a single thing about something, you can choose to learn about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that's that. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to be an expert. You just choose to learn and just start, and start with finding out the most respectful way to address. And and that's and it, it like you like you said, it's different person to person. You know, you when you meet someone and that you don't know and you don't know the respectful way to address them, and this goes for any anybody, then you just ask them. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, people aren't going to be upset if you ask them because exactly. they know that you're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. So there's there's my I'm, i just got off there's my ding ding there's my two cents <laughs> so there there it is right there carissa how, where can we find you if we want to just if we want to bask in your magnificence where can we find you so um i really only post on instagram and tiktok right now and those are both at invisible melanin uh-huh. which by the way is the name of this episode just so you know okay <laughs> simple I, enough <laughs> I was trying to think of the best title for this episode and I was like you know what That's I, that, I can't think of a better title for this episode so yeah yeah I'm really proud about that one I, I think when people compliment my username I take that as one of the most pure compliments because I actually made it when I was 15 I actually it's Aww. funny I made it when I was 15 when Tumblr became the thing. And I remember my friend and I, we were trying to pick out our Tumblr usernames. And for some reason, I took it so seriously. I was like, this is oh, it. Yeah. This is my identity. So I was thinking really hard. And I thought about Invisible Melanin. It's very interesting how it's kind of developed meaning-wise for me over time, too. Right. Because it's always had the more blatant meaning. Like, right. you know, I don't have melanin, but I'm black. But then... <laughs> It also kind of took on other meanings for me over time, like people refuse to acknowledge that I'm Black or people don't see certain things about me or treat me a certain type of way because I have albinism and I'm Black. And it, right. it, it, it shows up in very different ways and it's very interesting. So it's like, it's so simple, but it's so complex. And I'm just, 
I'm proud of that one. I'm proud of that. One. You should be, which is why, which is why I wanted to name the episode that because <laughs> I was just like that. It, it means so. Like that's how, that name has so many meanings, and it was perfect. So, and so are you. You're perfect too. So oh. I thank you so much for coming and chatting. Look at how quickly the time has passed. I enjoyed speaking to you. Mm-hmm. It was wonderful, and I just wish you nothing but continued success and wonders in your life and you know anything anything that goes by you have any questions you, you just reach out and let and and hit me up and i will talk to you about it and if you have anything wonderful you'd like to share with us at beauty reform school by all means come on back and tell us all about it we'd love to hear okay i've enjoyed talking to you today too oh thank you carissa you take care and have a great day hon you too all right bye Bye. I most certainly enjoyed this episode and I'd like to thank Carissa once again for joining us. It was a fantastic conversation and I learned a lot. If you have someone that you think that I would love to chat with who has a different perspective or a great story or even questions for me, please, please, please send them to me. Send them my way. Send me your stories. Send me the wonderful, exciting people, interesting, fascinating people in your life. Send them to me so they can share their stories with us all. If you need to know how to do it again, you can go to either Instagram at Beauty Reform School or you can message me on Facebook at Beauty Reform School or you can go to where the usual place at BeautyReformSchool.com. I'd like to thank you so much for your listenership and I'd like to thank you in advance for your listenership in the future. And by the by, we have some surprises and treats your way. And as time flies by, you know we're creeping ever so slowly up to my favorite time of the year, spooky season. I can't wait. I know you're thinking, huh, that's weird she's mentioning this now because it's only July, but in my mind, we all know every day is Halloween, don't we? I think we know that by now. You all are wonderful, and I'm so glad to be here every week talking to you, and I thank you for those of you who come on into my orbit every week to listen. And pencils down. Class is dismissed, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>